Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for a traditional talk show that has a non-traditional approach to helping you improve your life, love, and all things above? Are you ready for a show that would help you shine brighter, live better, and dream even bigger than you have before? Are you ready for a show whose main mission is to change your no-I-can't attitude into yes-I-can action and ultimately yes-I-did accomplishment? Then you are ready for the Real Talk with Tanya White show. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. So get ready for some talk that is always rated R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. The Real Talk with Tanya White show. Are you ready?
All right, all right. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White for our No More November series. And by the end of this show, uh, entitled I'm Broken But Not Bound, uh, we want you to have healing, healing uh, from sexual molestation, healing from um, rape, healing from incest, anything that is holding you hostage to uh, your feelings from the past, tragedy that's happened to you. We want you to have healing by the end of this show, and we have the person who is going to impart divine wisdom and just truth and realness, for lack of a better word, tonight, and that is April Mason. I'm so excited to have her on the show. This is her first time, I believe, and she is going to talk about her book, Broken But Not Bound, and as she shares her testimony of her life, and we're going to get to that in about five minutes, but we want to welcome everyone uh, to Real Talk with Tony White, our first-time listeners, those uh, tuning in once again. We thank you for your support, and as you know, our ultimate goal is to bring real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Every issue, whether it's marriage, money, friendship, relationships, we talk about the real issues. We we break down truth, and it may sting for a moment, but our ultimate goal is to help you uh, press forth and to enhance your life. We are rated R for being real, relevant, and refreshing. That's what we call ourselves. Uh, and so we thank you for tuning in. If you missed any of our shows in October, we had a phenomenal time. We talked about spiritual warfare, uh, coming out of depression, uh, and coming out of a stagnant friendship. Our our series title was I'm Coming Out. So you can listen to those archives we had on Pastor Ruth Lofton from Louisville, Kentucky. She talked about spiritual warfare. Um, and one thing that is still resonating with me from that October show is that she always um, she said, we always talk about walking into our season, and we need to walk into our right now. And that is still resonating with me. Uh, Samuel Wells was on, and she just broke that depression thing down. And then we had Jennifer Blair talking about friendships and your inner circle and how they can hinder or help you. It all depends who you have in that circle. So it was a great October. It was entitled I'm Coming Out. And if you missed any of those shows, that's the beauty of Blog Talk, that you can listen to the archives. This month, our series is No More November. We want you to say no more, no more tonight to being bound to uh the thoughts of molestation, uh, rape, and incest. We want you to break free tonight. Next week we're talking about no more excuses. Uh, Dr. Naima Johnston is going to be on here, and she's going to talk about go with what you got because sometimes we get bogged down with so many excuses. I can't do this. I don't have the money. I don't have the resource. I don't have the connections. Dr. Naima next week is going to tell us and command us to go with what you got. Take the little bit that God has blessed you with and go to your abundant life. And then we're going to take a break the week of Thanksgiving, um, uh, November 22nd. And then we're going to come back November 29th, and we're going to talk about no more fat, how to be fit uh, after 40. And we have, doc, uh, not doctor, Wendy Ida. Uh, she is a fitness expert who did not get fit into after 40, uh, and now she's 57 years old and looks fierce, fantastic and fabulous, all those F words. And she's going to give us, share her wisdom and knowledge about health, healthy eating and fitness. And so this month, no more 
uh, November is about no more excuses, no more fat, and no more being bound. And that is what we're talking about tonight with our awesome anointed guest, April Mason. Uh, if you have not heard her, you are in for a treat. I want you to go right now to aprilmason.com. Check her out because she is a, a set to come on and just bless our socks off with her words of truth, uh, her words of sen- uh, sensitivity, and her words of a very, very important issue that is uh, still going on and increasing in our uh, society, and that's child molestation. Um, She has so many great statistics and information and uh, stories of truth in her book, uh, Broken But Not Bound. Uh, So she has a wealth of knowledge and experience to share with us. But just for a moment, let me uh, tell you who she is. If you visit aprilmason.com, Right now, our brokenbutnotbound.com, you can find out about this awesome, awesome woman, uh, activist, inspirational speaker, philanthropist, uh, philanthropist and entrepreneur. Uh, April was born and raised in San Francisco Bay Area. She is a mother. She was a mother by age eight, uh, 18, and by 23, she was a single parent of three. But you would never know that because she, from all in the little time that I've known her through online and um, just checking her out, you would never know that because she operates in a no more excuse, no no more victim mentality. So she's all about bettering herself so that she can help better others. Uh, April was a survivor of child molestation, and in 2007 she launched the Broken But Not Bound movement, which helps victims free themselves from the bondage of incest, sexual and physical abuse, and equip them with the tools to execute their vision and achieve their entrepreneurial goals. She is all about pressing forth, making that money, launching your business, and making your business profitable. She is a dynamic and powerful speaker and inspires audiences and the Internet on Facebook because she has some provocative, provocative thoughts and uh, Words of Wisdom, uh, weekly, weekly, she has a lot to say. So we welcome her, and I pray that this is her. We work on her for the first, but not the last time, I hope, Miss April Mason. Hello, April, is that you? April. April Mason, let's see if it's her. I'm here. Okay, April, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I am fantastic. We thank you for being on Real Talk with Tanya White. We have been excited to get you on because we know that you are rated R2, real relevant and refreshing. So welcome uh, once again to our show. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's such an honor and a pleasure. You I'm, you do your thing, and I, I watch you, and I'm like, look at her. <laughs> you keep it moving, which is, which is awesome. Well, thank you so much. Before we get into this awesome, awesome uh, book and topic, a, a broken but not bound, which is your story, and you're sharing your story to help others break free. Tell us who April Mason is in your own words. Who is April Mason? You know what? Real simple. April Mason is a simple woman that came from humble beginnings. That my goal. I once I understood my goal, not my goal, but my mission and purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my goal is to just help others to be, be be who they they can be and who God's called them to be. And I get pleasure and excitement off of being able to live my purpose. So simply I'm just 
somebody that got vessel that God chose to use that really didn't understand what he was doing. And I was just kind of going with the flow. So all of the wonderful things that are happening now, it's kind of like, okay, I didn't do it for fame or fortune. I just did it because this is what God has called me to do. So a mom, a mother of three, I have three teenagers, 16, 14, and 12, a sister, a friend, minister, all of that stuff. But ultimately, I'm just simple old April. Mm-hmm. <laughs> simple old April. It's, and that's what I love about you because you you are a, you're also a pastor, an entrepreneur. You you are a very inspirational and powerful woman, but you're just so down to earth and real. And that's what we need. Uh, we need more people like Miss April Mason. Uh, and so, Miss April, Broken but Not Bound is your book, but also your your you live that. Uh, uh, yes. As you live that every day. Powerful title for a book. What led you to uh, decide on that title? Well, you know, it was I was going to title it something else, and all of a sudden, a friend and I were talking, and it just hit me. It was like, you know what? That's the title of the book. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what our conversation was. I don't know if we were working on a, um, a project or a conference or what. I don't remember exactly, but when I when it hit me and I heard it, I said, that's it. Mm-hmm. I said that's it, and ever since then, even when the book was supposed to come out, um, I, and it didn't, I had to push it back. I still kept the title, and I believe it's a powerful title. It says a, a lot in just those few words: "Broken but not bound." So it just lets you know you can, it's okay. Things can happen. You go through things, but you don't have to be bound by it. So I think sometimes society, and and I won't even just say society. I'll say church can sometimes make us feel as if. Um, everything is all hunky dory all the time. It's like, okay, oh yeah, God. you just give a scripture, you just give a scripture, you just, and you yes. have wonderful. However, you are going to be broken sometimes, and yes. it's okay. It, yes. it's definitely okay to be broken. Broken, but you don't have to be bound to that broken situation. Uh, and so that is awesome. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to April Mason, author of the book Broken But Not Bound, which is also a powerful movement. Now, before we get into uh, you sharing your story about the book, it, it I think it's very, uh, very admirable of you to share such a, a sensitive and delicate, delicate topic. Uh, what did you find that confidence to share your story? Uh, well, you know, you? Mm-hmm. honestly, before I started writing the book, because um, the book, the introduction of the book, which um, your listeners can go actually read that for free at the website, but that introduction was actually therapy. I remember I was going through my divorce, and my, I just found out my divorce was final. And my pastors at the time were like, you're kind of angry and bitter. You need to, um, we need to counsel with you. And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't all the way delivered from my smart mouth yet. So I said, uh-huh. you know what, I'm going to tell you all what's wrong. I'm, I, I don't want to counsel with you. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with me, and I want you to fix me from there. How about that? And so in about yeah. 30 minutes, I wrote about four pages in 30 minutes, wow. and I gave it to them, and I said, now, if you can fix me from that, there is a God. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to them, and I didn't hear back from them for three days. And it's kind of like I took the ammunition from them. All the stuff that they were going to try to pull out of me, I had already given them. So at that point, that introduction became, uh, or well, that letter became the opening of me opening up dealing with my issues. Mm-hmm. And the book... Um, when I wrote it, I didn't wrote it. I didn't write it to become famous or uh, to get a best-selling author or anything. It was therapy for me. And mm-hmm. when I, I, I'm a firm believer in 
um, as women, especially for those of us that are single, and we desire to be in a relationship, we desire, um, you know, this ideal man in our head, not realizing that we'll never get to him or he'll never find us until we deal with our issue. Because I am an individual that loves love, I knew that there's no way that I could go into anything until I dealt with my own issues, no matter how deep or how much it would hurt me to deal with them. And I tell you, when I wrote this book, uh, it, it within this 11-month period, uh, even after I put the book down, no, the book was pretty much written, in 11 months after my divorce, God really dealt with me. And this was during a time where I was, he was bringing back to my memorization all of the stuff that I had gone through. So no man or anything would look at me for 11 months. And, I, you know, I was a little heated because I was like, hold on, <laughs> I know I'm cute today. You can't right. tell me I'm not cute today. And nobody would say a word. And wow. I, I will never, it, it was just one of those things. I was like, no, nah, you ain't ready. I, I'm going to deal with you. Let me wow. deal with you. And, you know, God speaks to men and women on that level, but I'm glad that you listened because uh, a lot of uh, people do not listen to when God says, I'm going to have to deal with you before I get you into a relationship. We just, uh, you know, uh, run forth to the relationship because we think by being in a relationship, I don't have to deal with myself because then I have somebody to, you know, to love me and love that pain away. So I'm glad that you right. listened to God and said when God said, uh, I'm going to deal with you first. Because, you know, people, especially women, think women who are not in relationships, they are against love, they're anti-love. Uh, but you said something so critical uh, that you love love. And since you love love, you love God enough to deal with you so that you can have Absolutely. a healthy and whole re- re- relationship. So I think that is so powerful. Uh, and a lot, men and women, need to sometimes step back a little bit and, and be healed uh, and not be bound. They can still be broken but not bound to what happened right. to them in the past. Right. And uh, and sometimes what will happen, and this is what I'm even learning now, even even going through, you know, this, the process or whatnot, uh, of some other things that I, I found out about myself because I, I spend a lot of time with myself. I, I have a my friends, they're like, girl, you know a lot of people. I said, but you know what? I know a lot of people, and I do a lot of travel, and I'm around a lot of people, but I'm a loner. And being right. a loner, it allows you to deal with you. I'm very particular about, um, you know, my circle and the people that I surround myself with. With my cell phone rings, I can pretty much count on one hand who will it be, um, mm-hmm. regardless of what I do. And one of the things that I learned um, is that, even when you're broken and you've gone through things, because I've had, to, I've gone through divorce, I've gone through um, domestic violence to the point to where you wouldn't recognize my face. I've, I've never really had had a healthy relationship. And sometimes what God will do is, even though He'll take you through the process and He'll start healing you, and you, you may, you start getting your um, face back in love and all that wonderful stuff. It might not necessarily be all the way there. He'll send somebody. To restore that area of your life. So when people say that God will, you can't find somebody or God can't send you somebody until you're whole. To me, I don't, I don't subscribe to that because right. if we were 100 percent whole, we wouldn't need Jesus. Period. Right. So sometimes He'll use other people to come into your life, whether it's a man that has been hurt so bad by women that, I, and I have a friend that way. He was hurt so bad by women in the past that he had given up on it, 
and God sent him somebody that was exactly what it need, what he needed that um, not only restored himself his faith in love, but it also helped him restore his faith in God and what and because God showed him what he could do. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to think not just in the terms of okay, I got to be whole before God will send me somebody else. I have to be this way, this way, and this way. So I'm even learning myself at this point. April, just go with the flow. You never know how God's going to bless you. You never know how God's going to send somebody into your life. Mm-hmm. And once we let go of our thought process of how we think it should be or get rid of this, uh, and I hate to say it, even as a pastor, I, I hate to say it, but I will, some of the single conference foolishness that we're taught. <laughs> We can open Ooh, up that's, our a, that's a whole nother series people. right there, uh, April. Well, that's that's another a whole series. Nother, yeah. You, but you would see more people healed. You would see more people in relationships uh, if we stop trying to make, of course, we know the biblical things to do. But if we stop trying to have people go through certain steps right. to get to where what God has for them, there's no certain steps. God does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. So regardless of where, where you are, what you've gone through, um, you still have to deal with self, but there's no specific step. To go, okay, it's going to take two years for this and three years right. for that. I got to have this much in the bank. I got to have that. That's a bunch of other stuff. That's what people say. But what does yeah. that say about it? Yeah, and it's another way to uh, for people to have you bound to uh, certain thought processes. That's a whole nother, whole nother right. series. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes, if you just join Real Talk, we're talking, why are we talking to April Mason? Uh, author of the book Broken But Not Bound. Now let's get into uh, the book because um, you stated on, on on your website brokenbutnotbound.com that uh, the statistics show that one in four young girls and one in six boys are sexually assaulted by age 18, and that continues to grow uh, in the last two decades. Now, right. uh, this is a part question: uh, Why is that continuing to happen? Uh, even with so many resources available and um, so many people talking about it and, and aware of it, why does it continue to grow? Because, you know? first of all, I, I don't know exactly why, but I have mm-hmm. my own theory. Um, as we know, and I'm just going to use this as an example, as we all know, we heard about the recent pastor that was involved in some sexual activity with the young boys. Now, right. one of the things that, of course, we know nobody knows what what happens, but I will say this: a lot of the times, people do not come out because of the response that those young boys got. Okay. Um, immediately, because of who the individual was that was being accused, everyone immediately came to their defense. Called the young boys. I, I read some of my stuff. They were devils. That's the of the devil. Got the devil just trying to bring people down and and all of this foolishness to the point to where even on my Facebook page I had to shut it down. And like, don't come to my page with this. This I have a mandate to talk about this. And this is why people don't come forward because of how um, the people will respond to it. So that was a prime example, alive and living color of why a lot of people don't say anything and why it's a perpetual cycle because. Um, pedophiles know most people are not going to say anything because just as well as we know that um, uh, people aren't going to say too much, pedophiles know the exact same thing that we know. It's just like the enemy. The enemy knows the Bible is probably better than we do. So he he already knows what's going to happen. So when you see responses like that, when you have people that have been um, dealt with low self-esteem or they violated at an early age, because my mom told me my first violation was at the age of five by my two female neighbors. 
And my mom said that I was always a dark child. And I was just never laughed. I was never playful and any of that. Not realizing that when you're violated like that as a kid, your spirit is broken. Mm-hmm. So it puts you in a different mindset. It's like almost being molested is like a Microsoft disk. When you get the Microsoft disk, you put the disk in. It's one disk. But that one disk contains Microsoft Office, PowerPoint, Word, Excel, um, OneNote, uh, all of the other stuff. That Those are different components that's all attached to that one CD. So there's a lot of different spirits attached to that one act mm-hmm. of molestation. Right. So a talk about that. That, that, that leads me into my, in my next question. What, what are some of those other... Uh, spirits, as you call them, or what other things do children of molestation suffer from? What did you suffer from? I suffer from, I didn't know I was depressed. I was depressed. I -hmm. suffer from, um, in my book I talk about how I I was introduced to porn and masturbation in the third third or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember my cousin bringing home a Playboy magazine, and when I saw the woman in the book, she mm-hmm. had this look. She was beautiful. She had on these heels. She was just beautiful. But she had this look of um, seduction. I now know now that it was seduction, but it was like this power, this strength, this I can have anything that I want. And the man was looking at her with this uttermost desire that he had to have her. Well, because of what happened to me, it made me want that power. It made oh. me say, I want to be this irresistible woman that no man can resist. And I became her to the point that I didn't even have to sleep with anybody. It was just I knew it, it was I can't even honestly I can't tell you other than it was just a spirit that it was downloaded that I became I took on somehow of a Delilah spirit to where I knew what to say, when to say, how to say it. And then from there, but there was still something on the inside of me that was crying out for somebody to love me. So it's all twisted all in there. I've seen people that have gotten uh, caught up in homosexuality um, back in the 1970s, late 1970s, according to the American Psychological Association, molestation was the number one cause for homosexuality. Wow. They took it out. Um, the, um, the gay and lesbian community fought that, so it was taken out of the record. But molestation is linked. I mean, homosexuality is linked to molestation. Promiscuity, depression is a link to it. Um, uh, bisexuality, bestiality, it, it, all kind of stuff is linked to that spirit of perversion. So everybody acts out differently. For me, my drug of choice was men. I didn't have a choice, an issue with anything else. It was just the fact that I became that woman that said, "I've been hurt so much, and everybody has taken from me. I'm about to, uh, I'm about to show these people who I am." And I became to treat. I started to treat men the way men treated women, mm-hmm. and it was like a game to the point where I remember um, in my book I wrote about a guy that um, he was like the man's man. When you, you talk about the man's man that every woman wants, mm-hmm. it, it was my goal to break him down based upon what had happened and how I had programmed myself. And I'll never mm-hmm. forget telling him, uh, sweetheart, please don't get it twisted. I really don't like you. You're only here for extracurricular activity. Be here by 10, be gone by 12. Mm-hmm. And for me as a woman to be able to say that to the man man, the player guy, I knew it all stemmed back from my past and what had happened. But I never really wanted to be that woman because I would always feel bad afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a lot of psychological stuff. Right. Uh, and so th- that is interesting to say that you wanted that power because your power was violated at such an early age. 
And so you found mm-hmm. other uh, other ways to uh, act out that that power. Uh, so when did you decide? When were you molested at five? You said. Uh, and yeah, that was my, my. It was five. Uh huh. Okay. And so when did you finally realize this is affecting me in my life now? What happened to me at five? When did you like connect the dots to that and seek out help? Honestly, I'm I'm 35 now, and Mm -hmm. I really didn't understand, put connected dots until I was 30, 31. Okay. That that everything stemmed back to that. Okay. Um, because I was trying to figure it out, and um, and when I started going through my past, and God really started dealing with me, that's when He started showing me this is why you are the way that you are. This Mm -hmm. is why um, you can desire one thing, but yet your actions are something else. This right. is what stems from this. This is why why um, it said that 90% of um, prostitutes were all sexually abused. They don't really want to yeah. do do what they do, but they can't control and don't understand why they have their, these overly sexed um, individuals. Yeah. They don't get it. And because of where it stems from, from their youth, it's implanted. It's subconsciously in their minds, and they have no idea. That's why when women say, um, well, I can just be a booty call and have a dude and, and we can just have sex and keep it moving, we aren't programmed that way. We're right. programmed to have emotions. We're programmed to feel. So when a woman says that, I don't want any strings, all I want is sex, and he can go on about his business, there has been a discrepancy somewhere because God never programmed us to be that way. Now, do you think that the men who also, uh, you know, are promiscuous, uh have that situation, not all of them, but some of them who are promiscuous and uh, use sex as control, have been violated or molested uh, somewhere in their life? Absolutely, absolutely. I was recently talking to someone, and we were just talking, and he was telling me all the women he had been with and this and that and the other, and I'm like, boy, you are just too much. And and then we were just having a general conversation, and he said, well, well, I was 15, and she was like 20-something. Would that be considered molestation? I said, oh, yeah. He said, mm. well, it was like she taught me a whole lot of stuff. And yeah. it just from that point, he knew how to uh, be Mr. Suave with the women. He knew what to say, how to say, and where to touch him, all of that, after that mm-hmm. incident. So he constantly wanted that. It's almost like a drug. He constantly wanted that first high off of what happened with that older woman. I know a lot of men that have been molested by older women when they were four and five and six and seven years old, and it played out in their lives. One of them, he was telling me that he no no longer dates black women because the the women that molested him were his aunt and her her friends, and he no longer dates black women. And his brother was the, the same thing. He said, April, I've been performing oral sex on women since I was five. And so wow. now he's 38 and cannot get into a healthy relationship. He's just now trying to get into a healthy relationship now that we've been able to sit down and identify what the problem was. Wow. And, you know, and I think society plays a role in that too, April, when it comes to men in molestation because uh, because they uh, society uh, encourages men to be promiscuous, you know, be yes. a man, be a stud, sow your wild oats. And so, and I think that's why it's taken so long for men to connect those dots uh, and deal with their molestation because society has, you know, encouraged them, you know, 
there's nothing wrong with being sexual. Uh, you're a man, and have as many women as you can get before before you settle down. But you know that affects your settling down uh, when right. you really, you know. So I think that right. it's just just starting to come to life. So how your book is for men and women, basically? Oh yeah, you know what, Tanya? I tell you this, it, which blew me away. When my book was released in February, the influx of our first couple of weeks of sales came from men. Wow. It, it blew me away. Um, I, I, I even got, I remember getting a phone call from a young lady um, saying, thank you so much for writing the book. My husband was molested by his stepmom, his aunt, his stepbrother, and his stepsister. And I'm I'm like, wow, you're I'm surprised he's still standing. She says, but your book was able to help him identify some stuff, identify mm-hmm. some things. So my book is not just for women. Is for men and women, as well as I did write some things in there for the pedophile, for the for the molester, because I understand it from the standpoint of most people that have been molested, um, they've been molested. Uh, their molesters have been molested, so I couldn't hold grudges and hate my um, two female neighbors. I was molested by my father and my stepfather, so and some cousins. So I really now that I understand, yeah, I could be angry. But with a better understanding, it allows me to say, okay, something must have happened to them in order for them to do this to me because it was a perpetual cycle. Yeah, so and, that, and that's what we need to understand. Hurt people hurt people, but it takes a hurt person right. who is on that path of healing to, like you, like you said, recognize I need to help the one who hurt me. Uh, and that's how we stop and, and the cycle of, of abuse, in my opinion, when you really – Help every person involved and bring to life right. and speak truth. If you just join World Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to April Mason, author of the book Broke, Broken But Not Bound. And if you have a question, call 347-215-6446. Press the number one. We have about 10 minutes left. Now, April, share, share somebody out there is listening right now, and they're saying broken but not brown, broken but not bound. Isn't that the same thing? Brokenness and being bound. Can you tell us what the different difference is from being broken and not bound? Um, broken is when you have gone through some things. You have gone through hurts and pains, and, you, and your spirit is broken. Your heart is broken. Everything about you is broken. The not bound part comes in when you make the choice to say, "I will not allow my brokenness to bind the rest of my life." Yeah, I could have still been that girl that um, was molested from 5 to 17 and, and had to deal I dealt with the rape. I was raped by somebody that I was dating. Um, I dealt with um, self-esteem issues and all of that other stuff that was all a, a recipe, uh, ingredients for a disaster for my life. But it wasn't until I made the choice to say, you know what, I can't do this. I know that I'm destined for greatness. At that point, I didn't know why, I didn't know how, but I would not allow myself to be bound by my brokenness. And when you can take that attitude and, first of all, acknowledge the fact that there has been a discrepancy, there has been something that happened, and then turn around and say, but you know what, even though that those things happen, I'm going to make the choice to forgive and live. I'm going to make the choice to say whether or not they tell me they they um, acknowledge the fact that they know what happened, that mm-hmm. they acknowledge the fact that um, they did something to me. Because I remember when God was taking me through my process, through that 11 months, I was like, well, God, 
why do I have to apologize, you know, why do I have to tell them I forgive them? And I'll never forget the one that abused me really bad um, to the point to where you wouldn't recognize my face. He ran my face into the wall. And mm-hmm. my, the left side of my face was swollen. And I remember um, as I was going through my process, I had to give him a call, and I said, you know what? I forgive you for, and I named all of the things. And he said, well, if that's what you feel like you got to do, I still can't stand you. Mm. So even in that, and, and I'm trying to do right, I'm trying to get this stuff off of me, I still got that negative response. Mm-hmm. But I can say that's off of me now. He's no longer, I'm no longer his puppet. He's no longer longer my puppeteer, my puppet master. He's no longer controlling me by, uh, I'm no longer allowing him to control me by what he did in his words. Why? Because he don't even care anyway. He don't right. even, probably don't even remember a lot of the things that went down. Yeah. So, but you said something so key. The choice. Huh? Yeah, you said something so key, and I will remember this, forgive and live. Uh, forgive and live. So that's what you did. You forgave right. him, and you started living your life. Now, somebody out there is trying to rebound from whether it's rape, incest, sexual molestation. How can one begin to rebound uh, once they connect the dots and, and they deal with what happened to them in the past? How can they start the rebound uh, being on that path of healing? What worked for me, what, honestly, what worked for me is once I started really realizing what had gone on, Journaling. Journal, journaling worked for me. Writing everything out, how I felt, how um, everything, because a lot of this sparked from after I got divorced. And I would be sitting up there crying. And I remember going online and I saw, you know, that my divorce was final. Look, you can go online now and check to see if your paperwork went through. And I went online and, I, and you know, I found out it was my divorce was final. And what got me was I'm like, God. Why me again? I desire this so much. Why mm-hmm. can I not have a successful relationship? So I started journaling, and about um, maybe two weeks after my um, my divorce, I went to the back of my journal, and I wrote out the type of man that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, verbatim um, as well as line by line and not just a good man and love the Lord. Cause I had that. Right. I had those things, those basic things. Yeah, I had that. So I had to go beyond the basics. But I knew when I wrote that. Matter of fact, it was it was February nineteenth is when it was when I wrote it, and I went to the back and I wrote all of these things and things out, and I was specific because a lot of times um, when we go through these issues in our lives, we we just think that it's all everybody else's fault. Well, April, what part of part of this did you play? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's your issue? Okay, this is what you desire. So in order for you to desire this and you want this, you got to get you straight. So I got on my road to recovery by writing things out. And my favorite scripture um, is um, it was Psalm 143, where it says, he mends the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I lived mm-hmm. off of that scripture. And I'm fear- and on 139 and 4, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, because my self-esteem was so low, because once again, you know, a man had violated me, and then he's gone. Once again, I'm in, a, I'm in a bad situation. Once again, I'm not feeling like I'm cared about her or anybody loves me and all of that kind of stuff once again. So I, those issues were deep-seated seated issues that I felt from my past from when I was a kid. So they just carried on with me throughout my life. And I said no more. I had to really not just stop at the branches, but I had to dig down to the root of it. And when I did that, it caused me to go through a whole lot of other emotional issues, but it was it was getting it was all coming out. Everything that needed to come out came out. 
Mm-hmm. So acknowledgement and journaling is is key, is what I would say. Okay, and after you and journal, then, did you seek help from um, professional counseling or? You know what? I did. I did not. In my particular case, I didn't need to. Everybody's not like me. I suggest counseling. I am not, uh, and not just, um, and not just spiritual counseling from, um, you know, from the pastors. But if you have to go through a therapist, I so, so, so recommend that you do because um, within our Broken But Not Bound movement, we're putting together um, a, a really strong list of, of Christian psychologists and psychiatrists because they have the more mental, um, the more mental uh, help that they can give you. I can give you the spiritual. I can give you what I've gone through and what helped me, but I'm, a, I'm my own case. I'm a different, right. everybody's case is not the same. But I am so um, open for people saying I need counseling, and they actually go to counseling because in the black community, no, we don't go to counseling. We don't need no, oh. no, uh, no uh, brain, what do they call it, no, um, no shrink. We don't need that. Yeah, we, don't, we don't need that. Because we've been taught to keep family business, family business, and don't speak right. about it. But I was wanting to realize if none of the family's talking about it, okay, what's gonna? I'm gonna lose my mind. And so, right, uh, that's that's what we're we're, we're taught to do. Um, and so, yes, I it, counseling, it, counseling, journaling, and, and then anything else that you uh, can share how to rebound from a tragedy such as that. Surround surround yourself with people that support you. Um, I had to really honestly uh, go through my phone, and I often write that on Facebook um, about going through your phone and everybody in your phone should have a purpose. I started surrounding myself to help build my self-esteem with with people that um, celebrated me. They celebrated my uniqueness. They celebrated and allowed me to be able to sit back and accept compliments. I didn't know how to take a compliment. Now it's one of those things where... I, I, I don't downplay the fact that I'm smart. I don't downplay the fact that God has given me certain special abilities and giftings that, that and wisdom that He may not have given a lot of other people or given nobody else. So it's, I surrounded myself with people that poured into me, which they, because they saw me beyond where I was, and they mm-hmm. continued to push me. Having a strong right. support system um, is key. But there were times where I did not have a support system in the beginning, and it was me and God. And, and it's going to be a time in your life where you're not going to have nobody, anybody there. It's just going to be you and God. And so you're going to have to do like the song say, says and encourage yourself, period. Yes. Yes. So uh, not being necessarily all the way dependent on people, but just praying mm-hmm. that God sends you those people. But this is a situation that you have to make the choice and you have to be strong for yourself. And if those people come along, as they say, that just added gravy on the biscuit. But you got to mm-hmm. be the biscuit. You got to be the biscuit. Wow. So get the get get the help you need. Journal whatever you got to do. Seek uh, counseling or surround yourself with people with a purpose. People with a purpose. People with a purpose. I hope you heard me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because life is too too short. Uh, and we 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 just it's too much going on. So let's wrap this up. You have been so wonderful. And we're going to have you back to talk about this because you say broken but not bound is not only a book but a movement. What other yes. uh, endeavors is this book going to uh, birth? Um, actually, it's starting at the top of the year, and, and this has really stretched me as well too. And um, God gave it to me at the end of 2007. We actually turned my book into a one-woman play, which will be um, debuting in January um, 
2011, if I'm not mistaken. And um, what we what we're doing is, yeah, I've always gone around the country preaching the broken but not bound message. But I said, you know what, God, I need to be a little bit more creative. I need people to really get this. So we took the book. We pulled out the important things that needed to be said and put it into a one-woman play, and then we also have what we call the I Forgive You experience. It's a half-a-day workshop where you, for those that are really trying to get past their past and really ready to soar and live, it's like an intense session to where we do exercises, we talk, we laugh, we cry, we get it all out and get you on the road to becoming um, that person that God has called you to be. So 2011, Broken But Not Bound is taking the world by storm because it's not just a book, but it's a movement. And our goal is to have the National Day of Forgiveness. So I don't know how that's going to happen, and it's not up to me to worry about it. All I know is this is what God told me. Well, you just spoke because that that is is so critical. Uh, And listen, how can somebody, if they just wanted that part, the I forgive experience, uh, how could they contact you and say, April, I need you to bring that to my city, to my event, to my church? How can somebody get in contact with you? Um, they can go to aprilmason.com and fill out the booking information on the, on the right-hand side. On the on the home page, it's on the right side, it says um, book April. If you go there and just um, put in the information and then let me know that's what it, what you're looking for because we're, we're in the process of uh, having our my site redone. Um, they can put that information there as well as go to brokenbutnotbound.com and where it says join the movement, and you can put your information there as well too. Because I'm really, for, I'm really like feeling this. I forgive you experience because I know mm-hmm. it's going to bless a lot of people. Because and it's pretty much doing what I I've had to do. And people ask all the time, how did you get to where you are? Well, I had to learn to forgive first and foremost, acknowledge, choose, and choose to forgive. And most people don't know how to forgive. They read the scriptures. And they see you about forgiveness, but they don't know how to implement it. At the I Forgive no. You experience, we show you how to implement it. Well, I mean, that that resonated, that like was a quickening in my spirit, I forgive you experience. Because you're right. I, I've heard it all before. I know you should get, forgive 70 times 70. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Okay. That's right. Good. You're right. It sounds good. Show me how to do that. Please show me. So I forgive you. Experience sounds phenomenal, and I'm 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 digging that National Day of Forgiveness. I am so digging that. Oh my goodness! So this is. Girl, I'm excited about it. I'm just like stoked about it, and just running with it. Just people need to forgive. Yes, you probably just need to. I probably need some one-on-one coaching with you. So, do you do one-on-one coaching? <laughs> Speaking of, because that—I mean—that is so powerful, and you—you you have to really learn, have to know how to, to forgive, uh, so that you can just uh, soar and flourish in life. And uh, that is an issue. And I, I know a lot of people contact me about that, and you know that's a topic that people want to talk about. But a lot of people don't know how to show people how, to, like you said, implement it. So, right, and uh, the thing is, we're not just doing it from the perspective for those that have been molested. We're doing it from the perspective for people that um, your father might not have been around, and you blame your right. father for not being in your life. The men that are blaming their fathers, women that are blaming their fathers, it's for, for people that have spoken negative words over your life, and um, and you can't seem to get get that out of your head. From every aspect of forgiveness, whatever the situation is, the I Forgive You experience will um, show you how to implement um, forgiveness. 
and that how just to do sounds it. like a like just a, a a national conference all by itself. I've never never seen a conference <laughs> because you got to learn how to forgive before you get prosperity and and all that other stuff that right. we the conference right. for. And you wow. wonder why you're not you going and you're not getting what you need to get. But I, I'm over, I think it's in the book of Matthew where it talks about whatever you pray for, believe that you'll get. But never, everybody go hoop and holler on, on that. But that next, yeah. word, that next verse in verse 25, it says, um, but if you have anything against your brother or you, any unforgiveness in your heart, forgive. Or if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. Right. So people walking around here thinking they, they are forgiven for their sins, and they're not because they refuse to forgive other folks. So with all that stuff that people got going on, going to church and God forgive me for this, but if you ain't forgiving the people that you need to forgive, those things are not forgiven. And I come from that perspective. Well, from that perspective, it's kind of hard, but it's true. Wow, that that, that, that probably needs to be a little book in in the curriculum and everything by itself. I forgive you. Yes. Wow, April, you have blessed us, and we are definitely going to have you back. Last words of wisdom you can leave with somebody who is uh, bound to whatever. It, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be sexual molestation. It could be uh, uh, abandonment, neglect, whatever. How, what, what's, what's your last words of wisdom? My last words of wisdom would be to look at your life where you are and see what you don't like about it and see how many years that you have not liked about where you are. Mm-hmm. And the only person that can change that is you. You can't blame your mom, dad, or what happened. Well, we all know that those issues play a part. But at the end of the day, the only person that you have is you. So I say to you today, what choice are you going to make right now today to change your situation? I've been there, done that. You heard me talk about the molestation, the rapes, the domestic violence. I've had abortions. I had three kids by the time I was 23 living in a shelter and in a transitional house. Bad marriage, abusive relationship. But it wasn't until April made the choice and stopped placing blame on everybody else and took control of my own life. So as my motto is for the book, our, our tagline is, you may be broken but never bound. And the only way you cannot be bound is if you make the choice. Not be bad. Mm, Those will be my words of wisdom. Wow, April Mason, you are certainly awesome and anointed, and now I truly understand why you are a woman on the move. We thank you so much, girl, and I will follow up with you because I'm definitely going to have you back to talk about forgiveness (laughs) in depth uh, in 2011. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be on your show. Well, thank you. It was an honor to interview you, and we will follow up with you immediately. (laughs) Okay. Okay, you have a great week. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. If you just joined us, if you just missed this show, you must download it uh, and uh, listen to the archives. April Mason, visit her right now, aprilmason.com. Uh, She's going to teach you how, yes, you may be broken, but you don't have to be bound. She just told us about uh, the I Forgive You experience. Uh, So much, so uh, many rich tips and uh, words of wisdom that she shared. So visit her at April Mason, April like the month, mason.com or brokenbutnotbound.com. Uh, and we will definitely have her back. Thank you all for listening. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. as we continue our No More 
uh, November series as we talk about no more excuses. Go with what you got. Uh, you may be saying, I don't have enough money to start that business. I don't have enough uh, connections to, you know, move forward in my ministry. Dr. Naima Johnston-Bush is going to be here to teach us how to go with what you got. And she based that on uh, the Bible, um, Gideon, when, when Gideon said, God, I don't have enough people, and God told him to go. Uh, he's got just enough. And so next week is going to be powerful. We also are going to have... Glennis, the co-founder of Prominence Magazine on in our Boast About Your Book, a business or event next week. And then the 29th, we're going to talk about no more fat, fitness after 40. I've been on the fitness journey all this year, and praise God, I've lost 80 pounds. And so we're going to have Wendy Eda on. Uh, she's a fitness expert, and she's going to talk about her fitness journey after 40 and share some tips on healthy eating and healthy exercises uh, that you can do so that you can be fit at 40, 50, 60, and beyond. And so we have no, it's no more uh, November, no more excuses, no more fat, and we just heard about no more being bound. Uh, listen, we're going to close out with uh, Yolanda Adams and Still I Rise because, listen, whether you're broken, whether you're bound, you, as April said, must make the choice to change and uh to be healed from your situation. So Yolanda's going to take us out. Still I rise. I love you guys. Have a great week.